Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. On the show today, we're going to talk to a lady who's put together the Charm School for Wayward Cats. Sounds bizarre, but if you're a regular listener, you know that uh, Lori reported on this a couple weeks back, and we just were so intrigued, we had to dig deeper and find out more. So listen up if you have a wayward cat. Yeah, think about that. There's hope. There's help out there. You're not alone. Also, tomorrow we are kicking off the Kimpton's Pet Photo Contest. If you have some pet photos that you think are just spectacular, you'll want to upload them. We'll tell you how to do that. There's some big-time prizes, including... JetBlue airfare for you, somebody else, and your pet, and a three-night stay at a Kimpton hotel. Yeah, and it don't, it's wow. not limited to dogs or cats. Any kind of pet you have, See, just send in photos. I'm definitely putting my pets in. I'm just going to lie and say that's not mine. Put a fake you know, name. We're, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. You know, Joey, you, Joe Villain. You can't do that because you're a judge, unfortunately. But we you know, do. It's, it's no. It's no fair. I mean, we get these great, these great competitions and all that. We, you know, we can't be part of. I, I, I want to stay at Kimpton Hotel and fly JetBlue. Come you know, on. This is the cross we have to bear as judges for <laughs> this contest. I'm sorry. That's yeah, it. Joy. Didn't you ever hear that employers and family not eligible? Well, you know, the last winners have all been dogs. I know. I'd like to see something different this year. Yeah, like a ferret. I think. Yeah, I think only dogs have made it in the top five. Yeah. Yeah, or if you have a little hedgehog or something, wouldn't that be cute? That would be good. We'll give you more details. Lori, working hard in the newsroom. I say that every week, and yes, you do work very hard. You're always here before anyone else shows up, digging out the best pet stories available. What do you have this week? Someone's got to do that, Hal. And I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. If you have uh, pets that are bed hogs, I know mine. You know, they could sleep vertically like the rest of us, but no. So what do you do? How do you find a room on the mattress to sleep if you want to sleep with your pet? There's a new mattress out, whole new bed thing going on for pets and their pet parents. We'll tell you all about it on the way. Wow. I remember like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we reported on that guy who put a couple, built a bed for his whole family of animals and his wife. Yeah. It was like huge. Yeah, it was like two king-size beds put together or something. Yeah, we'll see what this it is. was. I think it was like 13 feet or something. Wow. I will sleep, and I think most listeners will sleep in any kind of weird position just to accommodate their animals. And that's why we all have mm-hmm. backaches. <laughs> hey, Lisa. Hola. Can you hear me? Yes. How are you doing, Lisa? What's going on? Um, well, a couple of things. One, um, just want to say thank you because uh, about six months ago I called in and uh, I was concerned because my kitty and my hubby weren't getting along very well. And oh, the yeah. doctor had suggested that um, he takes over the food and the treats and things like that. And mm-hmm. they're good buddies now. So They're good buddies now. <laughs> you Yay! see? Good job, Doc. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. And it just goes to prove that, you know, cats, you know, there's a way to their heart and it's their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not just cats, humans too. I know that's the way to my heart. Oh, yeah, that's humans too. I agree. <laughs> so what's going um, on now, though? Well, my question is, I was wondering what uh, what would be the best kitty food to uh, feed them. Um, we actually have two cats. They're both males. They're about a year old now. Um, we've been feeding them uh, Purina 1 as well as... Uh, alternating with Iams. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And, you know, it's a tough question because there really is no easy answer. There's no perfect food for any one given pet. Um, now, there's different thoughts when it comes to nutrition in cats. And some of the new um, research as they look at nutrition in kitties is that, you know, they're carnivores. And we need to keep that in mind with their diets. And that sometimes maybe feeding these kibble diets that are high carbohydrate just may not always be the best thing for them. Um, so higher protein foods or even canned foods, exclusively canned foods, have actually been shown to keep our kitties healthier weight. Um, so that might be one thing. But now, as far as brands, like I said, I don't have anything major against any of those brands. I think those are high-quality foods. Um, it depends on what also works for your kitties. So not only how great someone tells you it is, but how good it is and consistent for their bowels, um, for them using the litter box, and for their overall thriving. Um, so uh, for me, you know, I like to find a major company that has a nice reputable name, that has a uh, veterinary uh, person I can call on a 1-800 number because um, that's very important for me that there's nutritional background um, with a diet. And, and both of those that you've mentioned have that. So uh, um, is there anything particular with their health that we need to be focused on? No, um, they're both very healthy. But I was just concerned if maybe one was better than another. Is it okay to be switching between foods back and forth? Good question. And the the general answer is that most pets, dogs and cats alike, thrive when they're on a consistent diet. So we feel like we need to switch it up sometimes to make it more interesting. But actually, their digestive tract does better if we keep that on a consistent brand and even a consistent flavor. Um, and then just not get too worried about the idea of that, oh, today they need uh, turkey dinner, and yesterday it was chicken dinner, and tomorrow it's going to be giblets. And um, So, yeah, I would just say pick one, stick with it, and... And, uh, you know, if they're happy with it, then I'm happy with it. Okay, great. Thanks for your call, Lisa. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget you can ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk to Sean Simmons. Is that correct, Sean Simmons? That's correct. And she runs the Charm School for Wayward Cats. Now, I believe you did a new you know story I- on that, didn't you? Yes, I did. It, wait a minute. It's Sean Simons. So it's not Simmons. It's not Simmons. It's oh. Simons. <laughs> okay. Simmons, Simons. You say tomato. I say tomato. It's spelled the same way. No one M or two M's, guys. That's right. Makes a difference. Whatever way you cut it or pronounce it, it's it's bizarre to me. Yeah, I first heard it in Lori's news, and I thought, oh my god, I've got to go, I've got to learn more about this story. Well, it's actually pretty intriguing, and yes. this lady will be joining us in just a few minutes right here you on know, Animal. Radio. I'd like to see that cats walking around with books. You know, yeah. top the head. Perfect posture. A graduation with their little caps and gowns. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. What do you have on the show today, Joey? You know what? Did you ever, somebody's pet or your own pet ever walk into the room and you say, P.U. Oh, yeah. And you think about spraying Febreze on them. Smelly cat, smelly cat, what are they feeding you? Everybody! Smelly cat, smelly cat, it's not your fault. Well, you know, stick around. I don't think you can use Febreze on uh, it. Hey, quick, we'll find out. Quick fix. I use it on me. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, I guess kind of along the same line, stinky and chemicals. Uh, talking about smoking, and, you know, we know how bad smoking is for humans. Now we'll tell you about the effects that your smoking has on your pets. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. 
helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing just great. How are you today? Good. Where are you? Um, I'm in Kiwani, Illinois, in the freezing weather. Ooh, ooh. We, well, we'll send our warm wishes your way. <laughs> what's going on with we your pets? Yeah, okay. First class, here they come. What, what's going on with your pet today? Um, actually, it's not nothing that's going on with my pet. It's some stuff that we've heard about. And um, I listened to you last week, and you talked about it a little bit. But Dynavite, um, mm. it's got a website. Mm-hmm. And my question was this, is we feed our dogs what is called um, Nature's Recipe. And we get it from PetSmart. They say that the Dynavite is supposed to be really good. It gives insights and all this stuff. So it, does does the Dynavite, for starters, does it work? Is it true what they say? Because it's pretty expensive. And does it take the place? I mean, can you actually feed your dogs, per se, junk, lower-quality dog food if you're feeding them the Dynavite? Okay, some good questions there, Kelly. And and the first thing is, I'll be honest, I am not on the Dynavite bandwagon. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'm a little bit concerned about any product that makes such grand claims that it's going to cure allergies and all of these type of things. Right, um, right. So can you feed a bad food and make up for it with a supplement? No, you cannot. And just like with people, if you don't eat a good balanced diet, um, popping those vitamins every day does not make up for that. Um, same thing is true for our pets. So, um, you know, if you've got a good quality diet, I believe that that is the heart of the nutrition question here. And then, you know, there are supplements we'll sometimes add in. So I'm not opposed to trying a supplement for the benefit of, uh, you know, fatty acid supplementation or maybe a pet that might have skin problems. We might look at some zinc supplements, things like that. So there may be pets that benefit from this, um, but I would definitely run away from any product that tells you that it's going to be a cure-all. Um, and, and that's, you know, just, just my honest opinion. Um, have I used it on my own pets? No, but I uh, I feed them a good diet, and uh, you know they get their fatty acids every day, and um, you know I try to stay on top of their medical problems in that way. Okay, so, so then have... what you're really saying is that it's the fail-safe of all times. Is if, it's, if it sounds too good, it's too good. <laughs> yeah, you know it's kind of a, kind of goes the, like snake oil salesman there, and uh, you know like I said, there are definitely some pets that may benefit from it, but you know the cost, the expense. And I just can't put my heart behind a product that really claims to cure something, such as allergies, which is really an immune system kind of wiring that um, individuals have. And, you know, you can't fix that with a supplement. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Everybody loves a practical joker. At least that's what Philip Ray Hornell thought. Hornell, a sheep shearer in New Zealand, thought he'd play a little joke on his neighbor. Hornell had been drinking with friends when he decided to herd some sheep into a neighbor's house. But that neighbor didn't think it was so funny. Hornell was convicted on willful damage charges with evidence that the homeowner had to replace carpeting in four rooms. The judge said it was about time Hornell grew up and understood the consequences of his action. Hornell was ordered to pay $795 in reparation, $300 in fines, and $130 in court costs. 
It's worth noting that two weeks earlier, Hornell was ordered to pay $9 in reparation for stealing six pies from a discount store. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. And what do you say we take one for Dr. Debbie right now, and we have Paul on the phones. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from, man? I'm calling from Pismo. Pismo Pismo Beach. Beach. Okay. How can we help you today? What's up? Well, today I have uh, 12-year-old Golden here, and he has a hot spot on his paw. He chews on it. It's it's actually the uh, joint about, what, that six inches above the end of his paw. Okay, kind joint. of the wrist area. Yes, ma'am. It's He okay. uh, licks a, about a one-centimeter area raw. He licks both paws, but the one on the left is the one that he's got raw down, and I have to take a sock, and I, I coat him with some ointment on it, and I put the sock on with half a roll of duct tape, which lasts about one day. Okay. okay. Sometimes. <laughs> you're, you're testing the limits of your socks there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I buy them really cheap and just cut I cut the sock in half, and one half makes, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so tell me, how long has he been looking at this leg? Um, you know what? He's had this on and off for years, but okay. uh, he hasn't done it, I'd say, for about a year or two. But uh, we noticed him doing it a week ago, and okay. by, by that time, it was already sore. and. He's keeping at it. Okay. Well, a couple things. So I'm going to term this maybe not so much a hot spot. Hot spots are a type of a bacterial skin infection. But more specifically, when we have a chronic licking wound over a leg, over a joint, we tend to classify these more as what we call acral lick dermatitis, um, or people call them lick granulomas. And okay. what the way that we kind of characterize them, what makes them a little different, is that they're usually over the the top of a joint, and usually front legs or hind legs are, are, are very common. The area loses hair, becomes very thick, um, mm-hmm. almost kind of scarred, yep. um, and uh, it's notably very um, annoying for the pet. So they, they are constantly drawn to it to want to lick at it. Um, so that's it. kind of how we classify what we call a lick granuloma. A lick granuloma. 
Yeah. So the challenge is this is one of the most frustrating skin conditions that we can have in dogs. And veterinary dermatologists will tell you that there is no easy fix. Um, there are a lot of different factors that can lead to it, and it depends. Some dogs will have one, some will have a combination of them. We do tend to see um, lick granulomas a little bit more in male dogs. And um, golden retrievers, Labrador retrievers are really common, as well as Dobermans, um, German Shepherds. So there's some of these different breed tendencies. But the triggers can be things such as allergies. Um, we sometimes see chronic infection in there. We can also even have a psychological component, so kind of almost um, anxiety or an OCD type problem. So it so depends on. <laughs> hey, I haven't tried that one. Um, but the art, because of the different causes, there's different things that we'll try. So I, if someone tells me I want a topical, I want an ointment that I can put on here to stop my dog from looking at it, I'll say, do you have 20 bucks you want to give me right now and waste it? Because <laughs> there is no single ointment that's going to fix this problem. And it's where it really does mean getting kind of a, a bit more to the heart of it. Um, that being said, there are some kind of guidelines that I can give you. Um, one of the most important things is that we have to stop the lick cycle because with these granulomas, there's there's a reward. It feels good to lick. There's actually dogs, they release an endorphin from this chronic licking, and it also kind of temporarily anesthetizes the area, so that it kind of makes it feel better temporarily. But they don't understand that that actually makes this inflammation worse, and it makes it harder for it to get better. So... If we leave a dog to do what they're going to do, they're going to lick because they can't stop themselves. So, um, you know, they're not doing it just to get our attention. They're really very itchy. There's there, there's a trigger that's causing them to do this. So for me, whatever we need to do to stop the itch, that would be a combination of a cone, bandaging, um, whatever. So the the anti-licking products, um, there's a lot out there. Um, my guidelines with that are not to put it directly on the wound because that'll burn like the bejesus. <laughs> So just think if you put liquid heat on um, an open wound of yours, you'd be screaming. So it well, is only you know those what? products I've are... Tried them. I've tried them all, and apparently he's just like me. He likes the hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a Doberman pincher that I used to see years ago, and we tried every product, the gels, the tapes, the Tabasco with Vaseline, you name it, and nothing stopped. And some dogs, the, the desire to lick is so strong, they're not deterred by these things. So that's why I'm saying I'm not going to waste your time telling you to go pick up a tube or something to stop because that's not going to be the way to do it. But the way to get to it is to, to try other therapies. So if we do have a dog that's anxious or doing it out of obsession – then anti-anxiety medicines actually can help. It takes some time, but they really can help. Um, for an older dog, especially, you know, one that is looking right over the joint, you know, there can be pain. So, you know, have your vet check for arthritis because sometimes something as simple as arthritis management can help to decrease that repetitive licking at that joint. Um, okay. And then other things that I'll use will be um, antibiotics, um, and if it's bad enough, a lot of times steroids, because we have to use something to stop that inflammation, stop the itching. And in an older pet, that's not something we do just indiscriminately. So, again, your, your veterinarian would have to guide you with that. But that is something that, um, whether we do that in a pill form or even kind of preferable, is we'll take an um, injection of a steroid, and we actually inject it right into the sore area. And that gives relief right at the zone of where the problem's at. So that can be very helpful for things. Do topical steroids They work? can help some, but but if that's our sole therapy, they really don't do enough. Um, of the ones, there is a veterinary product called Synodic that is used a lot for ear infections. 
um, and it contains a steroid and an anti-inflammatory in it. And in that, I'll tend to use on that area. Right. But, you know, th- this would be something if you haven't seen your veterinarian, I would definitely advocate for at least doing some basic therapies that we can do to try to help them out. There's okay. a lot of things I can do and recommend as far as tests, but you know, if you come in, Paul, and you said, "Hey, Doc, you know, I got a hundred bucks. I don't want to go crazy here." There's a lot of good that we could do for your dog. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. You've heard many times that smoking and secondhand smoke is bad for your health. What we haven't heard a lot about are the effects of secondhand smoke that it has on your pets. A recent study says that dogs and cats who use human smoke are at greater risk of cell damage, weight gain, and even more animal cancers. Researchers in Scotland discovered that an examination of the testicles removed from some dogs they castrated found a gene which acts as a marker of cell damage, and that was higher in dogs living in those homes that had a smoker. And they also found that dogs whose humans smoked also experienced a greater weight gain after being neutered. But if you have cats, they say, the risk is even greater because cats groom themselves. So that licking increases the amount of smoke chemicals that enter their bodies. The researchers say they expect to publish the study later this year. For those of us who love sleeping with our pets, but our cats and dogs are bed hogs. You know that feeling? Well, there's a company in Brazil now that has come up with a brand new mattress. It's a bunk bed of sorts that allows you to share the bed with your pet, but you don't have to jockey for your own spot. The base of this new mattress is a removable box that is really a pet bed. The pet bed addition to the under box springs idea actually came from a customer who wanted to sleep with her dog, but didn't want the dog in bed with her because it had some health problems. I'm thinking maybe it uh, pottied in bed or something, but the company will be launching U.S. operations sometime soon. Did you hear about this poor cat, a very, very smart cat, that used its litter box to stay afloat during a devastating flood that had water almost up to the ceiling of his house trailer in Missouri? Two members of the disaster response team from the Humane Society of Missouri pulled up to the trailer in a boat, no less, and were able to gently kind of get the cat out of there from the litter box as it virtually floated by a window inside that trailer. It was a lucky move, and no, the cat didn't even try to jump out of the boat. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. 
This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's head to the phones. And I think we are starting off with John. John, hi, this is Dr. Debbie. Yes, I have two questions. Uh, one is an old issue with my 14-year-old Silky Terrier. I practically since the day she was born, she has been licking everything in sight. Carpeting, the fence, cement. She oh does this regularly, and um, I thought maybe she was bored, so I put it on my lap, and she starts licking my pants. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. wondering, <laughs> have you ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, I sure have. And she's always done this since you had her, huh? Yes. Some dogs, especially some of the really small dogs, have this excessive, I kind of call it an oral fixation, where they lick things to our annoyance. But it is a, a, basically a type of um, anxiety, a compulsion that they have. So the important thing we need to do is to make sure that we, we don't reward when she behaves this way. We want to reward calm, quiet activity that doesn't kind of start her into this licking phase. And for some folks, you know, you might find that something's kind of make her lick more, whether it's your exposed skin, and certain fabrics, things like that. So you might want to kind of watch that and avoid some of those little triggers. Um, but yeah, it, it is a tough thing. It, we can always talk about behavioral medicines, things like that. But once you understand that this is kind of her way of coping um, and also um, looking for attention from you guys, um, that we just can't kind of give in to that. Um, so that that's the way I would gear towards this. Okay. And the newest thing with her is um, my regular groomer, closed their shop. I don't know if they went out of business. So I took her to a uh, chain store for grooming, Mm -hmm. and they called me back, so they couldn't do it. She'd have to be sedated to talk to my vet to have her sedated because uh, she was, I guess, unmanageable. Huh. In a sense, was she, you know, trying to bite them or just a wiggle fest? (laughs) um, I guess she was, well, I know she bites, but I warned them about that, but I guess they couldn't deal with it for some reason, even though she's been groomed all her life. Okay. And I'm wondering, that sounds like pretty harsh for a 14-year-old dog to be sedated just to be groomed. Well, you know, yeah, and and the the big challenge is I do find sometimes with our older dogs, they kind of get into kind of the... what I kind of call the uh, the old dog uh, do what you want syndrome, and uh, kind of like um, I hate to say this, I hate to alienate older uh, Americans, but sometimes we feel that older Americans can kind of do what they want and they're entitled to it. Um, older dogs can sometimes kind of have the same behavior patterns where they um, kind of rule the household, they do what they want to do, and some of it can be partially kind of linked towards maybe some senility changes, maybe some evidence of pain somewhere. So um, if I hear suddenly that an older pet starts to behave this way, then I like to check out and make sure we're not dealing with arthritis, um, a vision problem, um, because a lot of times um, the groomer can be a scary place when people are kind of coming towards the eyes. And sharp movements, changes, and shadows can really kind of freak out some older dogs. So um, those would be things I would look at. And if, if we have to go to a sedative, um, there are some that we can do kind of cautiously. But yeah, we are definitely more worried about that in an older pet and we want to watch their heart and make sure we're not putting them in any kind of jeopardy for
for that. So I, I would hope that, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong that you can see externally with your baby, huh? No, I mean, she's always been really, never, don't touch my face is her motto, I think. Uh-huh. She's always yeah, been she... very sensitive about touching or doing anything with her face, especially trying to clean the, the gook off below the uh, eyes that always forms. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and that's really hard when the groomers try to get in there and try to clean that. So, yeah, um, you know, if I wouldn't hold anything against your groomers, um, a lot of older patients start to get a little bit intolerant of some of these things. So, um, you know, I talk to your veterinarian. If it is safe and, and she seems in good health, then there are some lighter tranquilizers, maybe not the more typical ones that we use for the average dog, but uh, some I'll use, actually use Xanax, believe it or not. Um, in, in the right dosage, that can actually be a little bit calming. And, uh, you know, we can uh, watch the patient cautiously with that. So hope that helps you out there, John. Keep those older babies going. If you have a question for any of us here at Animal Radio, give us a call. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list. Six things to know when considering adopting a bird. January is Bird Adoption Month, and we certainly love all types of birds here at Animal Radio. Cockatiels, African greys, macaws, parakeets, finches, and canaries are just some of the popular birds for pets. But before you adopt one, here are six important things to know about birds when considering adding a bird to your family. Number one, birds can live very long lives. Depending on the type of bird you're bringing into the family, they may live for 20 to 50 years or even more. Some parrots have been documented living into their 80s. That means that this is a long-term commitment that will be with you longer than most other things in your life. Number two, birds are extremely social and need attention for their emotional and physical support. They need to be engaged by their family. Remember also that birds have different ways of communicating or vocalizing. Some sing or chirp, while others may converse with you using words or maybe latch onto a particular phrase or 12 that you may or may not want to hear repeatedly. Number three, birds are active and very inquisitive. They need to have their minds and bodies engaged with room to move about in cages and hopefully a sheltered aviary or place to stretch their wings. If they have had their wings clipped, they also need to have room to exercise and toys to climb and swing on toys and other things that allow birds to work off their energy as well as nurture their natural instincts are critical for their physical and mental health. Number four, sleep is something that we pet parents want, but birds must have. That's right, sleep is essential to a bird's health. Most birds need in the range of 10 hours of sleep a night. So if you're a night owl, don't expect your bird to be. Number five, speaking of health, birds eat a varied diet that is more than just bird seed or pellets. They also need grains, fruits, vegetables, and some added vitamins and minerals as well. The term eating like a bird shouldn't refer to eating very little. Instead, it should probably refer to eating healthy and varied offerings that nature offers. From fruits to vegetables, there are a lot of quality options that not only provide your bird with sustenance and nutrition, but also engage their minds and their playful side as well. So what you feed and how you feed is critical. 
Finally, if you're going to adopt a bird, then remember that you will need to have a vet who specializes in bird medicine and care. Not every veterinarian works with birds or other exotic animals. Having a bird can be a rewarding long-term relationship. Birds are unique, colorful, and they have wonderful personalities and traits that are sure to endear them to you. Do you have another must-know update about bird ownership? Share it with us at our Animal Radio Facebook page. Remember, if you have questions about anything you've heard on today's show, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, all updated, all new. It is cool, it is free, and uh, you actually look sexier with the app. Not a lot of people know that is one of the effects, but if you download it to your phone, you look sexier. Mm-hmm. Like, look, do I look sexier than I did before I downloaded it? Of course, you're saying. <laughs> so there's so many reasons to download it, so do it now. This is Animal Radio. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. Hi, this is Paul Rogers. And Cynthia Rogers. On Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right meow. <laughs> <laughs> Back again, Vinnie Penn, Party Animal. I left a lot of you hanging in the balance last time around. The first ever two-part Party Animal, and here it comes at you. Reflecting a bit on a few weeks back, the holidays, uh, got into a, a, a bit of a, a bickering match with someone. Uh, a buddy of mine has got the greatest dog in the world. His name is Spaz, and it fits. But as much as Spaz is a Spaz, he's just a great dog. After you're there five minutes and he has his three seizures and does four backflips and um, jumps into your groin area so repeatedly, you're convinced you'll never be able to have another child. He totally chills out and hangs in your lap. And he is absolutely a member of this family, my buddy Steve's family. And yet, lo and behold, I'm over there for the holidays and I see the stockings hung with care. Because soon St. Nick would be there. No stocking for Spaz. I got into it. How could you not have a stocking? For the, he's a member of the family. Now make no mistake. Fans of the party animal segment know we have a little fish, Betty. And maybe I'm drawing a thin line here. We don't have a stocking for Betty. You don't get a stocking for the goldfish. I don't know. I want I mean, there are animals, you, there are pets you get stockings for. And there are pets you don't get stockings for. A dog. You get a stocking for a cat. You get a stocking for. I don't know. From there, it gets a little bit blurry. I could see maybe getting one for, for the bird in the house. I don't know. Maybe the hamster. No, I, I don't see the fish. We had a turtle. We didn't have a stocking for the turtle. Uh, maybe we'll take some emails on it. Vinny at animalradio.com. But it, it got ugly over there. I mean, of course, the Jack Daniels didn't help. 
But he got a bit, my buddy Steve got a bit belligerent when I questioned where Spaz's uh, stocking was. And uh, the, the night did not end well, especially because I, it got his wife in on it. And she, it was one of those awkward kind of holiday moments where she had a little too much spiked eggnog. And she's like, I've been saying the same thing. He never listens to me. See, your friend agrees with me. And all of a sudden you're standing there like, well, all right then. Merry Christmas. Party animal, Vinny Penn. Noticed uh, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, is having a little trouble fitting into her Halloween costume this year. She has a little lump on her shoulder. What's she that has about? A lump. Well, she yeah. just went in for her vaccination. She had her rabies. Oh, rabies. And then she had her, her three-in-one, and then she had her bordetella. And one of those yeah. can cause a lump? Is that true? She's having a little reaction to it that I What's noticed. What's up with that dog? Yeah. Well, you know, every dog on some level, when we give a shot, they're going to have some kind of reaction to it. That's what they do. They, they see it as an invader and they develop an immune response to it. That's what we want microscopically. But some cases it can get out of hand and this big lump can form. Mm. Um, and generally it doesn't happen until maybe a week or two after yeah, the Yeah, it was over a week. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, so you days. don't notice it when you go home. It's when you're sitting on the couch the next week that you, it, it yeah. pops up. So what shot was it? Well, she had three of them, so I'm not sure. Um, I did call. Yeah. I did call the vet that gave it to her, and he said it more more than likely it would be the rabies. Is that true, Doc? Yeah, you know, and I would say that with the rabies, um, with some different vaccinations, I'll see it more commonly. You know, and one important thing we can do is to give vaccinations in different sites of the body, like the front shoulder, right rear leg, yeah. is where I typically give my rabies. So if I see a lump where I normally give my rabies shot, it's very easy to figure that out. They gave them all um, in the same place. Yeah, so maybe next time, let's ask to just move those into different areas to track okay. that. And it's really important, you know, just to know, you know, as a pet owner, that, you know, what shot was given where, so you know if they have pain or sensitivity, you can tell the vet about that. Is this dangerous? Well, as long as it's not getting bigger and it's not opening up, not sore, we don't get too terribly worried about that in dogs, as long as it doesn't last for really more than two to four weeks. Wow. Um, Now, in cats, that's a different story. Cats can definitely have a much more serious reaction with some injections and some vaccinations, and they can develop actually sarcomas, which are types of cancers at the site of injections. So for kitties, we don't play around. So if they have that hanging around for even more than two to three weeks, I like to take some samples and get an idea what we're dealing with. Oh, but with Ladybug, should we be worried about a sarcoma at all? Fibrous sarcoma? Not likely. She fits the typical uh, benign lump. It's not painful. It's Mm-mm. not opening up. And it appeared in the right time frame. And as long as it's going down, mm. then I'm not going to worry about that It's too also much. hard. It's very hard lump. It can be. It gets really firm, almost like there's like a little pebble under the skin, a little nodule. Um, but n- you know, not to worry. You can apply either some warm compresses or cold compresses. Oh, Most really? dogs, they're not bothered by it, and I just kind of leave it go. And the good news is that we can definitely make some different changes for her, and it's not a reason to avoid vaccination. We just want to be real vigilant. We want to find out what product we used on that mm-hmm. rabies vaccine and maybe use a different manufacturer because oh. every different product has different uh, adjuvants or different carriers in that vaccination and uh, she may just not do well with something in that vaccine so she, so she could if she had the same brand every vaccine she would have a reaction to it more than likely 
Potentially, unless they change the formula or something with time. And three years is a long time down the road. Mm. And, um, you know, there's there's other alternatives with vaccines. There's even recombinant, DNA recombinant vaccinations, which we see less potential for um, reactions, some adverse reactions. So you can even ask, you know, know, in your area if they have those kind of uh, vaccinations. Mm. Is there any way we can avoid these vaccinations or that's just illegal? Well, rabies is required by law. So you're, you're not likely to get away uh, without doing that unless she has some other kind of more life-threatening reason that we can't give that. Um, but, yeah, the you know the health department and uh, animal control, that, that is something that is required. What do you think about that, ladybug? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Dean Coons on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. This hour, and I'm so excited about this, we're going to find out more about the charm school for wayward cats. I am. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is a story. I have some cats to sign up to send to that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, what, three weeks ago, Lori, you reported on this, and we had to find yeah, a out weeks ago. more about it because it just sounded so silly. But actually, it turns out to be pretty cool what it they're exists. doing. It really, exists. It really does. Uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, of course, we're all animal lovers here. And because we are, we're always talking about the latest uh, studies and things that tell us how healthy it is for us to have pets. And now... This is so cool. Uh, A couple of scientists have actually put a monetary value on how much money dogs save us health-wise. It's great. Mm. Mm. I I believe that because, you know, they calm you. I wouldn't go to a shrink if I, I mean, my cat is my shrink. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) I'd be paying, what, 100 bucks an hour. Yeah, a lot of money. There you go. Now, uh, let's see here. This story just came in. It's a story that uh, Judy found intriguing because you are a pet sitter. When you're not working animal radio, you're a pet sitter. Right, and these people rely on me when they're gone that I will go in and take care of their animals. This happened in South Wales. This guy was a pet sitter, Mm -hmm. and it turns out he had a stroke and was taken to the hospital and unable to remember where the animals lived that he was taking care of. Wow. Oh, 
no. So there's these animals that are out there that aren't being fed or yeah, whatever. Locked up in a house. Whatever they need, locked up in a house because mm-hmm. the pet sitter is out of commission. So volunteers are going up and down the streets and neighborhoods, knocking on each and every door just to look for cats and dogs that may be left alone. Left alone. Yeah. Oh, no. And they've uh, also started a Facebook group to hopefully find the... <laughs> That's a horrible thing to Yeah, the guy lost his memory. They said the only thing that they found was on the refrigerator. He just wrote pet sit, you know, type thing. But he didn't put a location or dates or anything on the notes he left behind. Hmm. So that that made me, you know, I'm going to make sure that I have my stuff written down so that someone can come in and see what I'm supposed to do if if something should happen. That's good, good to have. Good lesson there. Yes. Okay. What do you say we go to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani? Remember, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Dr. Debbie, she's uh, very experienced in all kinds of animals because she practices in Las Vegas. So, you know, there's a lot of strange, uh, wacky animals out there. But she's written four Kindle books on Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers. So if you have one of these breeds, you should check it out. It's like an owner's manual or guardian's manual for these dogs, how to be your dog's best friend. And it's great because I can reference it when people don't believe me. And they, I say, you know, your pug has his eye change. It's really common in the breed. And they look at me like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, I wrote a book on it, really. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll listen to you. <laughs> we have links over at AnimalRadio.com if you want to check out the book. There are great reads, and you're a very, very talented writer. And I'm encouraging well, her you. to do some more breeds, but she's a busy gal. Uh, let's go to the phones. Who is this? This is Mike from Colorado. Hey, Mike from Colorado. How are you doing? Doing Okay. What's up with your uh, animals? Well, last year when we had some uh, snow and ice, used some rock salt. They were down on the sidewalk here just so it would get rid of the ice quicker. And I have two little dogs, and when they walked out through it, um, they both started crying um, from walking on it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never really had to deal with that in the snow and ice before and was not sure what to do with them um, you know, we try to clean their paws up as best we could. I'm just wondering if that's something that shouldn't be used around animals or if there's something different to use that won't hurt them. Yeah, so that is a, it's a great thing this time of year to talk about. And there are definitely some various different products out there for um, de-icing. Um, you know, the old-fashioned salt, as we know, it, it isn't always salt. Sometimes it's actually magnesium chloride. But irregardless, it can cause irritation to the surfaces of the feet. So um, with any of those de-icers, you know, it is something to watch. If your pet is having sensitivities, um, you know, using booties might be one alternative. Um, there are also some other products. I think it's called Safe Pad that you actually apply um, to the foot, and it helps to kind of give them a little bit of a barrier as well. Um, but as far as, you know, it's an important thing because, you know, a lot of dogs, you know, if you've got dogs like me, um, you know, what, what's on their feet is in their mouth. So you do have to watch that. So if they were to ingest larger amounts of the salt material, that can actually cause some, some illness and, and uh, you know, lead to problems like vomiting, uh, weakness, even seizures in some situations. So, um, you know, I think that is something to look at and to see what you're using. Is this in your own yard or it, it was on a, like a public area? No, it's my own sidewalk. Uh huh. So I would look at the product and uh, you know, see what what's actually what's in there. But there are some um, you know other alternatives that you can look at. 
good. Okay, great. Thank you. Joey, you were talking last week about putting, uh, what, uh, bag bomb or utter bomb or something on their, their well, feet. Well, so that's going to help keep their pads from, from, from cracking, and it's going to make – it's going to definitely make a barrier, but the other thing that you got to watch out if you put too much on, it stick, it'll stick to it and, oh. and it'll bring it in. But they definitely make, um, you know, um, pet safe, um, um, ice melters, um, that, that you can get in, in, in a lot of the, um, the big chain, um, pet stores that I know of. Um, I've seen them before. I mean, they are a little bit more costly, but I mean, if, if the dog is going out and, and it, they're having that sort of reaction to it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a little bit more than just salt and that. It's, I think it's something that's probably more chemical based. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Mike. Stay uh, warm in there, Colorado, where it is blustery cold. I moved from Colorado as a youngster. That's where I was raised. I just don't like the snow very much. <laughs> you guys don't know what blustery cold is until you go to the Northeast. And oh, like where you live used in, to live in New York and New Jersey in in in, in the winter. Colorado <laughs> is is a godsend um, compared to compared to that. Hi, Sherry. How are you doing? Well, I've got a almost four month old little uh, teacup Chihuahua, and I know okay, okay. Um, she weighs almost two pounds, not quite. And uh, the veterinarian here, who is her vet, is wanting me to have her spayed. And um, my concern is her weight. And I was just kind of curious about whether the little ones go into heat as often or, you know, just some ins and outs and, and what's the best course of action for me to take. Well, um, definitely. We do want to get this girl spayed. And with mm-hmm. any dog, any breed, the preference is to do that before they go into a heat cycle. Mm-hmm. That makes the breast cancer risk almost zero, and that's when we mm-hmm. want to do that. We don't want to wait until they get older and they get um, after a heat cycle or a pregnancy. So um, mm-hmm. for small breeds and, and toy breeds in general, yes, they can kind of have a little different timing of onset when they go into their first heat. Sometimes the smaller the toy breeds might be a little earlier. So in oh, comparison, really we might earlier. yeah. So sometimes they might go in, you know, anywhere from six six months to maybe 10 months of age. Whereas the larger breed dogs, it's usually even up to a year. Um, oh. and even some giant breeds may not go into heat until they're a year and a half. So it, it can kind of vary. But uh, so, yeah, I would be prepared. I would not delay it past that six-month point. And kind of the next point of your, your question in there is, you know, her size. And, and I understand your concerns for her, her, petite, her petite frame. Um, right. But it generally, um, for the veterinarian, um, size doesn't matter. <laughs> I love that. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um, you made yourself laugh, didn't you? I, I, I do. Don't blame I, her. I, I just sorry, um, but yes. I mean, I, we do surgery on you know less than one pound of ferrets and, and guinea pigs. So size isn't what scares us. We want to have your pet mature, fully vaccinated, in good health. Now, sometimes for some of the little breeds, they can have other types of problems. We want to monitor and make sure we can address that if necessary. So a lot of times, little Chihuahuas don't drop their teeth when they should. So that's some. Right. Sometimes I'll kind of watch that and just see if it's going to be something we need to address. So I don't like to do the little breeds too early, um, meaning like four months. I would prefer to wait till about six months so we can watch those teeth yeah, and see if what, we need that, to. That is what they suggested. I just, you've answered a, a big question for me because I, my assumption was that the little ones probably would go longer before they would go into heat. So it's really, really knowledgeable for me to know that that's mm-hmm. the act, actual opposite. Well, thank you for easing my mind. All right. Well, very good. Give that little baby a pat on the head. And what's your baby's name? Sophie. Sophie? Sophie. Oh. Very good. Well, wish her well for me and, and uh, give her a good kiss. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, Sherry.
It's Animal Radio. And it is with great honor I present to you the dog father, Joey Volani, right here on Animal Radio. How you doing, big guy? This tip this today is really, it's one of those that intrigue me because we had a client that came in and the dog smelled great. <laughs> this dog smells good. It's not even smell. This dog needs to be clean, but it doesn't feel clean. And when I, when I asked her, she said, "Yeah, use Febreze." Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'd be using that. <laughs> so what she was doing is she is spraying the dog with Febreze. Yeah, um, that seems like a good idea. But is is that well healthy? It's the funny part is is this isn't unique. I've heard this so many times. That I said, "Let me let me talk about it." The bottom line is this, is you shouldn't be spraying your pet with anything that is not made for pets for a number of reasons, which I don't even think I need to go into, but I will. Number one, nobody knows what it could be doing, you know, to their skin. Now, anything that irritates you is definitely going to irritate them. That's just how it is. I mean... The, the human composition, I mean, we're working with chemicals all day. We have our hands in dish detergent or, or sprays or whatever it is, even, even just putting creams and lotions on yourself. We're spraying stuff that we would never spray on ourselves. I don't know many people that would spray that would spray Febreze I put a little right under each of my armpits oh, every hell, morning. You, do, you know, that's why you smell so fresh every day, I got to tell you. But that being said, we'll ignore, we'll ignore how right now. The bottom line is this. There's a couple of reasons why dogs and cats are going to smell. First off, which is the most common, they're not bathed often enough, okay? And they're active and they roll and they get into things. So that's going to cause it. But that's pretty, that's common sense. The second thing is dietary or medically. I mean, if your pet is being groomed regularly and it has an, a foul odor, now don't get me wrong, dogs smell like dogs. A lot of them, you know, I mean, you ever hear that saying, you know, my dog smells like corn chips? Well, a lot of people will tell you that's a healthy dog smell. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dog. A dog is going to smell like a dog. And a lot of times a cat's <laughs> going to smell like a cat. And that's, you know, something that we have to deal with. But they make colognes and cover-ups that are made for that. But if it's beyond that, talk to your veterinarian. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. It's Animal Radio. Mm. Who made the coffee today? Is that you? I don't make coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't make it. I don't know how to make it because I don't drink it, so I don't know what's good or bad. You know, whoever made the coffee this morning, good stuff. Mm. <laughs> putting hair on my chest. Dr. Debbie, you ready to take some calls? I sure am. Let's get to work. Debbie. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? 
I'm great. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Um, I think I need to talk to Dr. Debbie. I have an unusual situation. I have four Boston Terriers, and I have one of them who's at six years old. He has developed a weird thing when the leaves started to fall this year that he's never had before. And that's where he starts bubbling out of his nose, and he has trouble breathing, and then he might fall over on his side and sit up slim and then be okay. But mm-hmm. it's seemingly, uh, he's, he's, um, you can see that he's in dis- distress. Um, mm-hmm. We've been to the emergency clinic and uh, alternative, uh, a uh, integrative doc, uh, veterinarian here and a regular veterinarian, and nobody seems to really have a real answer. Or they just want to put him on prednisone or uh, Temeril P and Benadryl, and then he seems okay, sort of. And then when we start to wean him off, he goes back to the same weird behavior. And we've had leaves, you know, for the six years that we have had him, and this is the first time I've ever seen this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so has he had problems breathing unrelated to the fall, um, you know, being a Boston Terrier? Has he had problems with um, any kind of uh, nasal surgery, soft palate, as far as mm-hmm. um, stenotic yeah. he had Before the age of 12 months, he had two soft palate surgeries from at Ohio okay. State University. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and the nasal one, too. Okay. All right. So he has. So in, and that's the big thing. Now, when he has the episodes, when he's bubbling in that, um, does he just fall over kind of all of a sudden have any kind of seizure like activity? You know, it, it does not look like a seizure and they don't think mm-hmm. that it is. They think that he can't get air because right afterwards he spits up white phlegm and then he's like, fine. And he's not really okay. passing out, passing out, but he just falls over on his side. And I've even tried, like I've given the Heimlich and the, and the white phlegm will pop out and he'll feel fine. So okay. what they're saying is they think it's accumulating, the excessive mucus is accumulating. And he has, I was told he has an extra fat tongue. And okay. that he has, even since the, the surgery, he just has a tiny little opening, um, you know, through his throat. I gotcha. All right. And, and that's going to be the big thing is what, what I think your, your boy is doing is having vagal episodes. And yeah. this is actually something that happens a lot in the brachycephalic breeds, the short face breeds. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons is, is that, well, I'll back up. The vagus nerve is um, a nerve that goes from the head down to the abdomen. And there can be certain things in the body that disrupt that or overstimulate that nerve. For some mm-hmm. animals and people, it can be things like digestive problems. Um, it can the respiratory problems, and I see this a lot in the brachycephalics, that if they have a lot of the respiratory components to the upper airway disease, they have the narrowed nostrils, they have a narrow trachea, long soft palate, they can even get um, everted tracheal um, or laryngeal saccules and yeah. um, some other changes up there. So some of those things they might not see, but they might suspect. Um, you'd have to kind of go up with a scope to see some of those other things in the back of the throat. Um, but just being of that breed and having some of these airway changes, it's going to make it very likely that the vagus nerve can get overstimulated. And what happens with that? The heart rate drops and mm-hmm. the heart doesn't pump as well and the blood pressure drops and, a, and the pet will pass out. 
and they usually come right back up. Um, yeah. I've even seen dogs do this after they vomit. So where they'll vomit and then they just pass out and then they come right back up. Um, so the, the, the goal would be is to try to address what is the biggest problem and that's going to be the respiratory disease. So that might mean going to have, you know, some of these other upper airway, um, things evaluated and to see if those need to be addressed. And, and then the other thing is, yeah, if we have, allergies, something seasonal that makes our respiratory symptoms worse, oh boy, you've got an extra whammy onto the whole thing there. Um, so then um, we might talk about, you know, things like, you know, steroids can be helpful for the short term, um, yeah. but you may even want to see um, a dermatologist for allergy testing and molds just like anything else seasonally we can test for. We can hyposensitize, uh, desensitize a pet with hyposensitization injections, and that might be one thing you can do. You can do, yeah. you can do that to mold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And every region in the country is a little different in some of those things. So you have to make sure that testing is done appropriate for your area. I see. And then the the other little Boston Terrier that uh, actually is his daughter um, Mm -hmm. that I have, she just started uh, doing the uh, bubbling too. And I Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, now uh, we know this is because They've been at the vet. We know there's nothing contagious going on here. But at the same mm-hmm. thing, she'll go outside and she'll, she'll play with a ball in the leaves, and then she'll come back in, and she's, she's not as bad as him. But, mm-hmm. you know, she's doing it now, too, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I would definitely make sure if she hasn't had her her nearies um, evaluated or corrected, that'd be definitely one of the first things. But you know, even going further back and going up with a scope, because you know some of these things they're they're progressive, so you can correct. And, and with the brachycephalic dogs, we want to jump on these things when they're young, because with time, all these other components start to um, involve. And once those some of the more chronic things happen, you can't reverse them more easily. So we want to get in there beforehand. Um, do the soft palate. Do the stenotic nearies if necessary because um, there's all these other problems that will come on and that just are so much more challenging to deal with. Wow. Okay. All right. You don't know anybody that's in this area that's a specialist in this type of thing, do you? Um, you know, if you're dealing with um, veterinary schools, you're going to find a lot of the people at the top of their fields right there. Um, yeah. And as far as in dermatology, they're going to have dermatologists there as well. So I think you're going to have two two different type of approaches. One is going to be address the allergies, and the second is going to be address the upper airways. And that'll be okay. through, um, you know, an internal medicine type specialist. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, Debbie. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. This is an Animal Radio News Update. 
I'm Lori Brooks. If you don't already have a pet, well, go out and adopt today if you want to save some money. There's a new study out that shows having a pet in your home may save you money on medical bills. You have to love this because we're hearing these kind of stories all the time about how pets make you healthy. So two researchers from George Mason University in Virginia calculated a savings of more than $11 billion in health care costs in the United States saved as a result of pet ownership. You know, with all those studies saying how pets make us healthier, the pair decided, hey, we're going to put a monetary value on all those health benefits. So on average, they explained that the 132.8 million pet owners in the U.S. visit a doctor 0.6 times less than the average non-pet owner. Well, with the average cost of a visit to the doctor's office at $139, that all calculates to more than $11 billion pet owners did not have to spend. Not only that, but dog owners who walk their pet five or more times a week had a lower incidence of obesity, and they say we're responsible for saving $419 million in related health care costs. Soldiers in the military, they seek out therapy dogs to help them get over the stresses of battle. But a dog like Joe is helping servicemen and women in a totally different way. Joe and his handler work out of a military hospital in northern Virginia. Joe is specially trained to seek out soldiers suffering from all kinds of different battle-related mental illnesses. Now, when Joe notices someone who is suffering from anxiety or depression, Joe will go and lay down right there at their feet. When he notices someone suffering from anxiety or depression, he goes and lays down at their feet. So far, Joe has identified 47 people showing signs of emotional distress, and seven of those people admitted that they had a plan to commit suicide. 33 of the people picked out by Joe are now being treated by doctors. No one is exactly sure exactly what Joe keys in on with a patient, but it is thought to have something to do with, you know, the smells we put off when we're under stress and maybe even our body language. Whatever it is, all that matters is that it is working, and Joe is saving lives. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Joyce Dewitt on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating the connection with your pets. Yes, this is important. This is what I've been waiting for the whole show. (laughs) The uh, Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Cats that Lori reported on, what, uh, two, three weeks ago? And a couple weeks ago. It seemed uh, pretty intriguing, a little bit crazy at the time. Then I started to find out a little more about it, and we figured we needed to, to dig deep on this. And we found Sean Simons. Is it Simons? Sean Simons. It is Simons. How are you doing, Sean? Welcome to the show. Well, apparently I'm crazy, but I'm doing well. <laughs> well, that's okay. I am. In fact, we are all crazy here <laughs> about our animals. In particular, uh, you are you call yourself the headmistress over at the Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Cats. What is that? Please tell listeners. So um, we're Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats, and we are 100% feral cat rescue. So I apparently am really into theme parties, and uh, I just kind (laughs) of ran with it. I I started accidentally 
spaying and neutering feral cats in uh, my neighborhood. Where you you don't mean neutered. accidentally doing that. How do you accidentally <laughs> spay and neuter? <laughs> Ooh, <Scary. laughs> you did it intentionally, but uh, I understand what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, my husband and I bought a house in the backyard. There were feral cats, and that's really what started me on my journey. And um, I started working with the uh, feral kittens, and it's it's grown into Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats, and we do about uh, 400 adoptions a year and over 1,000 free spay neuters in the community. Now, for those that don't know, feral cats are they're very hard to domesticate. They're very hard to... Uh, bring into the household because they're used to being outdoors and, and they're really not human friendly usually. That's a big task you've undertaken. Do you well, do you always succeed? Well, I, I should make it sound a little easier because that, that's going to make me seem like a Dr. Doodle, Doodle or something. Um, we mostly are working with kittens. Feral cats are cats that haven't had a lot of human interaction. Mostly they've had zero human ac- interaction or they have a, a feeder or a colony manager. Um, and it is the feral cats that are partially responsible for the overpopulation issue. And I say partially responsible because the feral cats are there because of, uh, because of humans, because of, of our um, uh, lack of responsibility with our own cats and our community cats by not getting them fixed. So their offspring that are being born underneath bushes and uh, underneath cars uh, in alleyways, these kittens have also never been um, touched by human hands, and they have uh, a feral mama teaching them. And they are what we call hissy kittens. Um, <laughs> hissy kittens? Mostly hissy kittens. Hissy. Yeah, yeah, and that's mostly what we're working with. Uh, the overpopulation in the shelters, you know, kittens are the most killed animal in the shelters. People think it's Aunt Edna's 14-year-old cat, the but kittens? it's really, yes, eight weeks and under kittens are oh. 76% of all animals killed in the Los Angeles city shelters are kittens eight weeks and under. Yeah, think about that for really? a second. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. but, but the great wow. thing is that when she's intervening and getting these kittens when they're really young, if you get them away from their feral mama, you can actually tame them and they can make that turnaround. So that's an important timeline she's working with here. Well, and I'll tell you, we've stretched the timeline quite a bit. I think if you were to Google right now and look into a socialization of feral kittens, they tell you like four, six weeks. Um, after eight weeks, you know, don't, you're, you, all is lost. We do four months and under without question. And the reason I think that we have been able to stretch that timeline again is not because I'm going to say that, you know, I, I can speak to the animals or that I'm a cat psychic, but that we have a huge volunteer base, and we start from 8.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night, and the cats see 80 different people a week. Wow. So you're adopting so, out in the Los Angeles area, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody that's listening now in one of our L.A. stations, they want to get a hold of a kitten that was feral that is ready to go home, you have those, right? Yes, and these kittens, I mean, people have to break through the notion of what, you know, feral is. Our kittens, again, because they're seeing 80 different people a week and they're so handled, they are some of the most social cats you will ever, ever come across. I would bet they may actually be more well-adjusted than uh, your average kitty. (laughs) Oh, by far. 
Yeah. Hey, and I, I was kind of surprised you're in the LA area. When I heard the name of the school, I actually had some kind of notion of like in England somewhere in the, the <laughs> school for wayward cats, you know. I thought you could yeah, have an accent. Me too. So. Cats walking around with books on their heads. <laughs> yes. You're about to reach your 1,000th adoption uh, coming up here. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Any Any minute now. Pretty much, it looks like. Well, that's We're about nine hundred and ninety-eight. That's exciting. And then you also yeah. you have the National Feral Cat Day art exhibit. I love that. You have a uh, giant soft cat sculpture called Lucky Balls, and <laughs> we'll get this. It, yeah. it, this is really cool. It for, makes sense. For twenty-five dollars, you could neuter the cat by cutting off a pair of knitted cat balls. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and then. There was a pair of, uh, what, sparkly balls, and if you pulled uh-huh. them, you won the $150 entertainment prize. Was this your idea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, um, we, we're kooky. Um, my, my background uh, was in entertainment my whole life, and so I think I bring a lot of that into the work that we do. I mean, I bring a lot of that in, into the marketing, um, uh, into the name, and it's, it's helped our visibility uh, a lot. So are you a nonprofit organization? Oh, we are as, we're about as no profit as you can get. What, what I mean is if I make a donation, will it be tax deductible? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, we can do that by heading over to kittybungalow.org. Kittybungalow.org. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Sean, thanks so much for what you do and especially for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you reaching out and giving us a little notice. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Who let the dogs out? Alan Cable, hi. After a minute, we'll take his cone off. I don't know. I might start biting my tail. Here comes your dog watch. They've got all kinds of dogs down there at the shelter. Fixed, um, hips removed. But then it happened. Something Barbara had never seen before. Saw his picture. So I said, sure, we'll take him. Adam! Adam the dog has got a strange problem. Took him in for blood test. Guess what? Adam the dog has allergies. But guess what he's allergic to? Humans. Now there's a new one. A dog that's allergic to people. Seriously? Uh... I know. Barbara was speechless, too. I didn't believe her at first. I thought she was kidding. She said, no, just like we can be allergic to dogs, he is allergic to human dander. Guess what? Adam's going to get allergy shots just like people do. The vet seems to think we can fix him, and he starts on allergy shots this week. This is Animal Radio. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio, and i just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make and hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people for animals and for the environment how would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs we've set up a special toll-free number for the rx outreach program they're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. 
That's 800-689-0143. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hey, Don. Hi, how you doing? Pretty good. Where are you today? I live in your Belinda, Orange County. How can we help you today? Well, we have a problem with our cats. We have a, uh, a boarder that we took in. He's an Abyssinian, about five years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have a place to live, so we took him in. He's, he's a, a purebred. We took him in. He's... Um, Staying with us, uh, we decided to go ahead and keep him. We have two females, uh, a Siamese, who's about about 12, and we have a little mongrel. She's about three, uh, and he's attacking them, okay? He's, um, in the beginning, he wasn't too bad with them. It looked like they were trying to play together, and then he's gotten more and more aggressive. It's gotten to the point where, where they run and hide the minute he comes out. They, mm-hmm. he's, he's hurt them. He's injured the Siamese. He actually, you know, forgive me for what I'm going to say, but he, he caused the, the little mongrel to pee all over herself because he was that aggressive. But she was so scared. He had attacked her, and during that, during the attack, she actually peed. She actually peed right there. You know, that's how scared she was. She was shaking. Yowza. And so I, we don't know what to do with him. We don't. We, we don't want to give him up because he's such a. He's you know with us, he's just he's a wonderful cat. He's so mm-hmm. lovable, um, sweetheart. But okay, well I have a, a couple questions for you here, Don. The first thing is, how long have you had the other two kitties? Twelve years. And then for this, you call him the boarder. So I'm expecting he's like paying rent or like leaving the <laughs> suitcase at the door. Well, he came in. He, he didn't. He the, he lost his his home. And uh, because they had to move and they couldn't get take a cat where they were going. So we took him in, and he was supposed to, to go back to his, his owner. Well, he couldn't take him, so we said, you know what, we want him. We'll keep him because okay. he, we'd fallen in love with him. You know? And how long has he been with you now? About six months. Six months, okay. About eight months. And then my next questions are about the home environment. Are they all indoor kitties? They're all indoor kitties. How many litter pans do you have? Two. We have uh, the one for the girls and the one for him. Then is everybody spayed and neutered? Uh, yes, everybody's fixed. Okay. Well, I, I'd say that the first thing here is we're going to really have to make some decisions on to what lengths you're ready to really make this new kitty um, hopefully a long-term uh, resident of this household because anytime we add a new cat into a multi-cat home, we're increasing the chance that we're going to have a personality conflict. And there's some things that I can advise that might help take some of the stress out of the situation, but there's no doubt um, that there's going to be some stress for your kitties and that you need to decide if you want to take on this other cat to the detriment of your other kitties. And uh, there's a lot of situations where cats can have a new kitty come into the home and the personality changes of the existing cats um, happen. And that is the nature of the cat hierarchy. There's always going to be some kind of checks and balances. And it sounds like the new guy is kind of wanting to rule the roost here. So, some of the things that I can advise for you would be, um, first and foremost, we need to add more resource areas for your kitties. That two litter boxes for three cats, especially three cats that aren't maybe getting along that great, that's too few. Um, we generally want to have one box extra for the number of cats you have. So that's so like four really litters, you're saying? So you oh, yeah, four, four litter, litter box areas. 
So we need to have those resources available. And the whole idea is that anything that your kitties might need, we want them to have ample access to that so that there isn't a conflict where it's like, you know, he sees them coming and he's guarding the litter box um, or he sees the food there and he doesn't want them near them. So that's very important. And that includes sleeping areas. And we all know how much cats love to climb and go into high areas. And so you can do a good thing by providing extra areas for them to kind of nest and to hide. The nice little cat trees, um, extra hiding spots in rooms, uh, cardboard boxes. A lot of cats just dig those kind of things. So we want to give lots of resources there. Now, the other thing is that, you know, if we're introducing these kitties, we're kind of already thrown into this, and we're into six months into it. But in general, if I can catch cats before we start the introduction, I like to do it gradual, and I like to work up to small exposures of good experience. Once we have this fighting, once we have a negative experience, it sets you back. And we really have to set the kitties almost into a kitty separation mode for a couple days because they don't forget that easily. They're kind of like, you know, the mother-in-law, you piss off somewhere along the line. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to remember that. So even if a fight or an altercation occurs today, there's going to be static in that kitty household for three, even sometimes five days down the road. So... Anything that happens between now and then is going to likely start an altercation. So really separate them during that time and only allow more and more contact when there's good experiences there. I would say we need to work on those resources. I would add in some maybe some pheromones, the natural scent hormones that have a calming influence on cats. You won't smell them, but they can have that calming effect. And in a multi-cat situation, it's a great indication to use these things. They're like little plug-ins just stick into your electric outlet. That would be something. The the other thing is that you, you may you want can, to consult. You can, hold on one second. You can get those at Petco. I'm sorry, he asked where where you can yeah, get them. Sure. Petco or uh, PetSmart or any box store. I believe, okay. believe they come under the brand of Comfort Zone or Feel Away right now. You got that. And then the other thing is you may want to consult with your individual veterinarian because in some cases, to make this transition into happy household a reality, I will turn to behavior modifying drugs. It's not our first choice and it's not the magic bullet, yeah. but there are indications to use things to help make build those good experiences. It can really help for certain situations, and you might want to talk to your vet, because I will often sometimes give the, the medication to the pet that has the kind of aggression problem. Yeah. And in other situations, it might be on the converse. It might be the cat that's having trouble coping with this. But yeah. I think you definitely need to work on some things in the home, add the pheromones, and then, um, you know, just give these kitties a lot of room, because they are definitely... Uh, they remember like elephants. Yeah, they seem to. Well, thank you so much for the call, Don, and good luck with your babies. Well, there you go. Don't forget, if you need your fix during the week, download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It has all your recalls, all the news you need to know, and you can listen to the show anytime you want and ask your questions about your pets anytime you want. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucy says woof. 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 This is Animal, Animal. Animal. Radio Network. Network.